Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. The east coast of Australia is in the midst of a third La Nina. But is this summer necessarily going to be as soggy as it's been in the past two years? Today, meteorologist and ABC weather presenter Tom Saunders on what to expect and why there's always a silver lining. Tom, I wonder if you could just give me a bit of background about yourself because you're pretty new to the ABC, but you've got a a long history in the weather. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's um, look, it all started in 1986 mm-hmm. when I was seven years old and an East Coast low brought down the cliff in the, my backyard. Oh, gosh. And um, ever since then, I've had an interest in weather. And, and then I followed that up with um, an atmospheric science degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then worked as an operational meteorologist for six years. And then I've worked as a broadcast meteorologist for the past 13 years. And that's how I ended up at the ABC. Okay. Obviously a keen interest in the weather. But Tom, I think all of our hearts sank when we heard this week that we've entered a third La Nina. It has been a long time coming, but after much speculation, the Bureau of Meteorology has declared the much anticipated La Nina. Did your heart sink or was it <laughs> just everyone else's? Well, I already knew we were in La, in La Nina, so the Bureau declared it earlier this week, mm. but they were actually the last of all of the, the major international agencies that make these declarations on the Pacific Ocean. Um, for example, the USA version of our Bureau uh, never declared the last La Nina, so the second one, to be finished. Um, our Bureau declared it over in May, But uh, the US version, they only declared that it's slightly weakened through the winter. So it was pretty obvious that while La Nina definitely weakened from May onwards, it didn't completely dissipate Mm. and it became very clear through August that it had returned. Okay. So what I think we really want to know from you is, does it mean necessarily that we have to now have a wet and soggy summer once again? Unfortunately, that's historically what La Nina does to Australia. Mm. doesn't mean every single patch of ground is going to be wetter than average, but if you average the rain across the whole country during the next six months, so through spring, summer, even into early autumn, well, there's a very high probability that that average rain total will be above normal and in some cases it, it could be well above normal. Mm, but it does also depend on the weather pattern. Yeah, it's a complex beast, La Nina. So what La Nina is, is it's a cooling of the central Pacific Ocean. So thousands of kilometres off the east coast of Australia, it becomes colder, the ocean temperature. Off the north coast of Australia, it becomes warmer. Now, that changes weather patterns throughout the entire globe. Some areas of the globe become hotter, drier, colder, wetter. For Australia, generally, it's cooler and and wetter. Because of that change in the sea surface temperature, uh, warm air rises, which means the air through Australian longitudes is rising. Now, if air is moving away from the ground, that means the pressure is going to start dropping. At the same time, the pressure increases in the central Pacific, where it's colder. Now, the wind blows from high pressure to low pressure. So this increases the wind that's blowing from the central Pacific towards Australia. And the Pacific is a massive body of water. There's a lot of evaporation. It means there's a huge amount of moisture in that air that's blowing towards Australia. So that really sets up the environment where when a weather system comes along, 
for example, a low-pressure system, there's all this moisture for it to play with and we end up seeing heavy rainfall. What we can't say ahead of time exactly where those low-pressure systems will form. Mm. So we all know earlier this year it was southeast Queensland and then down the New South Wales coastline. We continued to get east coast lows and that's where we had the heaviest rain. We had record rain and we had major flooding. Southeast Queensland is in the grip of one of the most severe the weather systems in a decade. gripping this part of the state is certainly taking a toll. The Wilsons River at Lismore has... The Hunter peaked. River has swallowed properties, isolated communities and triggered more rescues. Some parts of northern Queensland, which are normally wetter than normal during a La Nina, were actually drier than normal. So I guess that's the big question, is where will the weather systems be moving over the next six months that will bring the rain? Okay, so it's almost like we don't know exactly who will be hit the hardest with this rain. Absolutely. We don't know exactly when and where it will strike. And it's not just the Pacific. Uh, We've got the Indian Ocean off our west coast. And the Indian Ocean has also slipped into its wet phase, which is called a negative Indian Ocean dipole. So having a La Nina, it's not that unusual. About one in every four years, you'd have a La Nina. But to also have a negative Indian Ocean dipole, that's more like a one in every 10 year to have both of them together. And historically, when we have that that double, that combination of the negative ID, the La Nina, historically, that's brought Australia's wettest years on record. Right, okay. So we're now in this third La Nina, although you say basically it may not have actually stopped the second one, but anyway, we're calling it the third one. Let's unpack how significant that is in a moment, but first just tell me why is it even called this? Have we got a bit of a sense of that? So, well, initially what was uh, analysed was its opposite, El Nino. Mm. Now, in Spanish, that means the boy. And it was first coined, that phrase, by Peruvian fishermen in the 1600s. Uh, what they were noticing was that occasionally, during around Christmas time, the fish stocks in the water had decreased. And because it was Christmas, and there's a link there with, um, with Christmas time and Jesus, they would call that, oh, the boy has arrived. The boy has arrived, even though they were getting less fish at the time. Uh, what they were actually observing, these fishermen, was the far eastern flank of that basin-wide change in the sea surface temperatures and the currents. And then along much, much later, hundreds of years later, it was then found out that, oh, this is actually impacting the entire globe, not just um, the fishermen in Peru. And it was also analysed the opposite to El Nino, which is La Nina, which is a reversal of the ocean temps. So during an El Nino, the central Pacific is warmer than normal. During a La Nina, it's colder than normal. Okay. And this is the third one we've had in... A row. So it has happened before, though, hasn't it? Is it is that really significant? It is actually. So getting two in a row is quite common, mm. but to get three in a row, it's only happened twice before, and that's looking at data all the way back to 1870. So you've got 150 years worth of data. There's been a confirmed triple from 1998 to 2000, and that brought widespread flooding and heavy rain to the central and northwest parts of Australia. It wasn't too bad on the east coast on that occasion. The other one, 1973 to 1975. Now, that one brought a record rain and we had the worst flooding on record in southeast Queensland, including Brisbane from Cyclone Wanda in 1974. Potentially, there may have been one in the late 1800s, but it's very hard to get accurate data that far back. So I think we can safely say only two fully-fledged triples in 150 years. Mm, So it sounds like we're pretty unlucky, 
best not go and get that lotto ticket now, I suppose. Just tell me, though, if we do get that sogging rain that we've seen on the East Coast for the last two summers, what will that look like? Because we know that there's so many people, aren't there, that are still picking up the pieces from the last lot of flooding. Yeah, the problem with having a triple La Nina and the negative Indian Ocean Dipole is that because it's following already two wet years, it means that our catchments are completely saturated, mm. particularly New South Wales, because that's where we did have the heaviest rain generally in the last couple of years compared to average. So the catchments are saturated. We've already got widespread flooding right now through western New South Wales, from the Guida River in the north right down to the Murray. There's almost been continuous minor to moderate flooding for the last month. And the dams are full. Almost all the dams are close to capacity. It means that when it does rain, it doesn't take as much rain as normal to cause flooding because the water runs straight off the ground. It can't seek into the ground because it's waterlogged. It goes straight straight into the creeks, into the rivers, and then all the dams which are set up along those rivers, because they're full, they can't hold back any of that water. So it's almost the perfect recipe, the perfect environment for flooding. So when we do start to get low pressure systems coming through, um, it just really heightens that risk of flooding in those areas. It sounds like it could be a pretty dangerous time for some communities. So, Tom, if we are hit again by a wet, soggy summer, it's really hard, isn't it, to see any upside to that? Is there one? <laughs> well, there is. There's probably a few upsides with this third La Nina. Firstly, the, the opposite, which is hot weather and drought. For many people, that that would be worse. I mean, it was only a few years ago we had the worst drought on record mm. across central and southeast Australia. We had the black summer bushfires. Uh, so for a lot of farmers in particular, they would they would rather have flooding than drought because once the floods have subsided, you're left with mud and you can make money out of mud. You can't you can't do much with with dry land. The other upside is the current modelling. So there's there's global models that try and forecast um, the state of the Pacific and the Indian Ocean over the next few seasons. Most of them are indicating this particular La Nina, the third one, will probably start to break down through the summer. Now, if you remember back to the second La Nina, it actually didn't weaken until late autumn, which is why that heavy rain continued right through March and April and we continue to get all those flood events along the East Coast. Mm. So with a bit of luck, it's too hard to say for certain, but with a bit of luck, this one will break down through the summer, which means by autumn, perhaps our weather patterns will return to normal. Okay. And so please now don't tell me there's a possibility of a fourth La Nina. That's never happened, right? Yeah, that that is unprecedented. We'd only have data 150 years. And mm. obviously the Pacific Ocean's been around a lot longer than 150 years. I mean, I'm sure in, at some point there's been four in a row, but it would be exceptionally rare. And one of my former colleagues was, uh, we were talking about this earlier this year, and he was convinced that what will follow next year will actually be an El Nino. So mm. we'll have a rapid transition from the cooler, wetter conditions straight into hot weather and drought. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the Pacific goes into neutral for a few years mm. and the Indian Ocean goes into neutral and we have some kind of normality to our, our weather patterns. Although... I'd have to say with climate change in the background affecting all of these different weather patterns, um, it seems, particularly the last sort of five years or so, we just haven't had too many what you'd call normal weather years in Australia. Mm-hmm. 
Tom Saunders is a meteorologist and weather presenter for the New South Wales 7pm News Bulletin. 150,000 sandbags are already being distributed to residents in Brisbane, with authorities particularly concerned about those in low-lying suburbs. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed, Sam Dunn and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. Over the weekend, we'll be bringing you an episode from our colleagues from ABC Sport Daily. Keep an eye out for that. I'm Sam Hawley. I'll be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.